there. Isaiah 43. Isaiah, God is going to, Israel is going to face a period of uncertainty and hopelessness. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 43 is a classic rehearsal of how Israel's redemption from the Egyptian bondage is followed by the assurance that God is going to do something so startling new in the future that Israel is commanded to forget the former things. God's people will face trials, but we are promised God's presence and salvation. Look at this. When you go to chapter 43, verse 1, but now thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine, he says. Thou art mine. Even though they're going to go through a tough time, they're going to be taken captive. Their land is going to be desolate. And it's all because of their own disobedience, but God is still assuring them Hey, I will restore you. You are mine. In verse, if, if you go to verse 11, you go to verse 11, he say, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and have shown when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, said the Lord, that I am God. In the middle of what they're about to go through, he reminds them, I am your God. Look at verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus said the Lord, which make a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bring it forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as though remember you not the former things. Even though he, he rehearsed it with them. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. No, it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This new thing that he promised them that he, that he will do, this new thing will cause them, will be so great, will be so awesome, will be so marvelous that I command you will forget your former state. It will be like nothing, this new thing they're about to do with you. My mom and I used to talk a lot on the phone. And whenever she sees something Interesting, she will call and comment it with me. Remember one time she called and say, Ray. I say, hello, hey, mom. Hey, Ray. I say, yes, push. I say, what? Push. Ray, push. I say, mom, I'm not pregnant. I'm not <laughs> I might look it, but really, really, I'm not pregnant. She said, no, push. Pray until something happens. It's a chronicle. And then she explained where she heard it and 
and so on. To pray until something happened. Not to lose faith. To be encouraged. To understand that God is still God even in the middle of of bad circumstances, even if the world seen that is falling apart and coming down, and you are in it, and we are in it too, God is still God. And you know, one of the other, one, what, what, one of the chapters I love, and you have the time to read it and study it and look in, into it, is Jeremiah chapter 32. Uh, you know what happened in Jeremiah chapter 32? Jeremiah, his ministry was one of those ministries that, that most of us wouldn't want. Okay? Because nobody listened to him. He preached and preached and preached. Nobody listened to him. In fact, he had so many enemies. He made enemies of the king. Because he told the king, guess what? Jerusalem is going to be taken captive. And you're going to be taken captive. You're going to be taken to Nebuchadnezzar. And you're going to be a slave to, to, to him. King Zedekiah didn't like it. So he threw him into jail. He threw him into, in, 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 into jail. One of um, Jeremiah's nickname was the crying prophet. Because we'll always be crying and praying for Jerusalem and for the Jews, but they won't listen. They wouldn't listen to, to, to him. So Jeremiah is in jail, he's in prison. The armies of the Babylon have the city surrounded he knows what about to happen jeremiah knew that the city will fall to the invaders and while in his in he's in jail god told him go purchase a piece of land so next day his cousin comes and bring him papers of a land to say hey you are the one that have the right to redeem this 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 land buy it from us now think about it when recession happened when the stock market is falling when interest is going through through the roof what does any advisor financial advisor says save your money keep your money don't do this, don't do that. don't buy, it's not time to buy. Keep it up. Save. Now, could you imagine knowing that your country is going to be taken over, invaders are going to come and wipe the place out, they're going to be taken captive to another nation, a slave, they're going to destroy the temple, everything is going to collapse, and God say, go purchase a land. Jeremiah obeyed God, but in chapter 32, he not only was supposed to buy it, he was supposed to brought witnesses, sign it, put it in a pot, and save it, and deliver it to one who will save it and keep it till the proper day. In verse 16, in chapter 32, now, when he had delivered the evidence of the purchase unto Bar- Bar- Baruch, the son of Neriah, I pray unto the Lord, saying, if you read that prayer, Jeremiah is basically saying, rehearsing what God has done to, for Israel, rehearsing what's going on outside of the walls of the jail, and telling God, 
You tell me though, all of this is going on. The Chaldeans are outside. They will fight against us. There will be famine and pestilence. People are going to die. All this is going to happen. And Lord God, you tell me to buy a field for money and take witness, even though all this is going to happen. <laughs> Jeremiah is saying, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand why. God is going to answer him. God is going to answer him. In verse 26, chapter 32, and said, Then came the word of God unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And then he's going to explain to Jeremiah all the things that he has done in the past. And then when he gets to verse 37, 38, 39, and 40, he reminds Jeremiah what and how he's going to dealt with these people, Israel. Even though they're going to go to this, to, to, to this um, trial because of their disobedience, he said to follow him, I will gather them out of all countries where I have driven them of my anger and in my fury and in a great wrath, and I will bring them again unto this place and I will cause them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, and that they fear me forever, for the God of them and of the God of their children of them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that they will never turn away from me. God is promising Jeremiah this new covenant that is coming is not going to be a covenant in the temple. It's going to be a covenant in their hearts. It's going to be one of the law in tablets of scroll. But it's going to be one of the spirit where they're going to be sealed by he himself as they believe and trust in the Messiah that will come. That's the God. He demonstrates. He demonstrated to his people his plans of restoration, his plans of faith, his promise to be fulfilled. Now when we see our world, our hemisphere, our nation, and perhaps even our homes going through all of these difficulties or more and feel overwhelmed, what should I do? What shall I do? Let me see this first. No, let me say this first. Go to someone who will point you to God's word. Go to someone who will point you to God's word. Neil Cavuto, Sean Annity, Lester Holt, Jake Tapper, and Rachel Maddow don't have the last word on this. They don't. Go to someone who will point you to God's word. There are so many people that go to uh, human intelligence, human wisdom, human capacity, human understanding. There are certain things that the prophets even talk about and spoke about, but they didn't even understood, but they receive it by faith and follow it. 
Go to someone who will point you to God's word. First of all, in all of this, if you don't know Jesus, please repent and trust him as your savior. If you don't know Jesus, repent and trust him as your savior because it's going to get worse before it gets better. Trust him as your savior. First of all, get to know him. Repent. Open your heart. And it's not because, not because of what's going on, but because of that you all, we all need a savior. A savior to have compassion and understand our feebleness and our condemnation in sin. And only Jesus can save from that. Only Jesus can take to the Father. And it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's not about a group of sacraments. But it's about knowing who your Savior is. Secondly, if you would please go to Colossians chapter 4. Book of Colossians chapter 4. Secondly, start redeeming your time. Start redeeming your time. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Time is precious and time is passing by. There is no time for slackness. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. It says... Let's start with verse 15. See then that you walk circumferently, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because why? Because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Start redeeming time. The psalmist prayed and said, Teach us to number our days that we shall bring to our heart wisdom. Start redeeming time. Folks, a day gone is a day that will never come. Opportunity wasted is an opportunity that will not be there again. Thirdly, let us set our affection. Let us set our affection on things above. Love this passage, Colossians chapter 3. I know you know it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. He says, if you then be risen with Christ, which means have you been born again, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Set your affection on things above. There are so many things in this world that try to pull our attention, try to, dra to drag us into... Um, Submission. So many concerns. Set your affections on things above. 
Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. He said, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. You cannot love God and mom at the same time. Lastly, and, f- and fourth, Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Set the gospel as the compass for your life decisions and guidance. Set the gospel as your life compass and decisions of guidance. Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20, you might know this verse by heart. I am, Paul is speaking here. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I know live in the flesh, this life that I'm living, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You see, there is a man that understood the precious gift of grace through faith that were given through the Lord Jesus Christ by God. So his entire life was motivated by sharing that good news, by sharing the gospel, his decision making, the guidance, the compass of where to go or what to do was not who pays more or where better living is, it was the gospel. And sometimes the gospel took him into danger. Sometimes the gospel took him into peril. Sometimes the gospel took him into loss. But it was God's will. I was what to do. A year ago, about this time, a year ago, about this time, as a church, the forecast was dim and bleak, financially speaking. We thought we were going to be bad. I have a very hard time the following year. So we make preparation, adjustments. We talk and prayed about it. As pastors, we went out to, this, to, to, our, to a retreat and pray about it and talk and did preparation. And what the outlook was looking, what was looking at for 2023. And with all that was said, I remember this. And this came from the top. We don't buy, we don't spend, but we don't stop doing ministry. We're not going to tie our hands by not doing ministry. And you know what happened in 2023? Over at Mosaic, well, we lack resources. We thought we're going to have Let's this year, let's fix the parking lot. Let's put a basketball court. Let's reach out to the youth. Put a basketball court and a soccer goal to reach the youth. On top of that, not only let's have VBS, let's throw in two weeks of sports camp. Here are faith. 
we sense, you know, let the, mass, the small group start serving all around, left and right, as many people that they can. Let's throw in a mission trip in the middle of all that forecast, a mission trip where 20 people went. And let's have a mission month where we put forward projects for giving and doing. Folks, I believe God honored that. Because we trust what he can do and not what we can. We depend on what he can and what we depend upon. We stand on his promises. Even though the world look grim and gray, he's still God. He's still God. Next week, pastor will come and give you all the details. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, what you call this? Um, burst the bubble or steal your thunder, preacher. I know the information. At least I can say this from Mosaic's side. It's been the best year given over there in the middle of all this forecast. Best year given. Given and we're not done yet. Tell me there isn't a God. But you know, God is so awesome and worthy. Whether he was good, bad, or he would have have turned ugly, he still deserves for us to worship him. But praise God for what he has done. Father, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that we can stand on them. We thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that you are the same. You are the same. And we thank you that we are not moved by what happening in the world in a negative way, but we can be moved to continue serving you and giving and moving and pushing the gospel. Because we know, God, the gospel has been the answer for our life and is the answer for everyone who will believe. Continue to bless your church. Continue to bless this family. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.